pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider scriptural wisdom and encouragement on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. If you could keep only one sense, what would it be? Would it be hearing, or sight, or perhaps another sense? For me, my answer has always been sense of touch. But not because I like warm hugs or gentle breeze on my face. Rather, because touch is one of the most essential tools for survival. Think about it. One of the quickest and surest ways to know you're in danger is if you feel pain. And people generally don't pursue pain. However, when it's experienced, it's so instructive because it teaches us objects or behaviors to avoid. If you remember being a child or if you have children in your life today, you know the dangers of children around stoves. And parents will tell their kids, don't touch that or you'll get burned. Yet they tend not to listen because, you know, people learn through experiences more often than instruction. And it only takes one time for a kid to burn their hand to learn a lesson that lasts a lifetime. But what if that child couldn't feel pain? They could cause severe damage to their bodies and never realize it because their nervous system can't relay the signal to get them out of danger. While lacking the ability to feel pain is very rare, there's a common way that people become desensitized to pain. Having the skin burned to where only scar tissue remains. When the skin or a body part becomes cauterized by severe burns, the nerve endings are destroyed and unable to relay pain signals to the central nervous system. This is a problem that occurs in a spiritual sense as well. I'll read 1 Timothy 4 verses 1 through 6 for context, then dive deeper shortly. Now, the Spirit expressly says, that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing to, is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Paul warned Timothy that people would leave the truth by teaching lies that restricted believers from enjoying God's gifts, such as food and marriage. Paul further explained that those who lied about that had seared consciences. In this analogy, the conscience is the spiritual nervous system that is meant to alert the heart and the mind to imminent danger. Sinful thoughts, 
and behaviors. But due to repeated exposure to those dangers, sin like a flame had rendered false teachers desensitized to the danger that a conscience strong from living a godly life affords us. Paul called their consciences seared, which comes from the Greek word kauteriadzo. And if you look up the word, you'll notice its similarity to the word cauterize because it's the origin of the word in English. People who habitually practice sin end up having their consciences cauterized. Now this raises two questions for us. One, how do we avoid that fate? And two, if our conscience does become unfeeling to the need to avoid harmful spiritual behaviors, how do we remedy that? To answer the first question, for us to pursue healthy behaviors that avoid the cauterizing of our conscience, we'll turn to another letter that Paul wrote to Ephesus, reading from Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 19 to provide context. Now this I say, and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. In verses 25 to 32, Paul encourages us to avoid this fate by speaking truth with our neighbors, to not let the sun go down on our anger, to work honestly with our own hands, to speak only what is good for building up, to not grieve the Holy Spirit, to put away all bitterness and wrath, and to wrap that all up in verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And our most important question, if our consciences become unfeeling, how do we repair them? When you think about burns, you know, we pour cold water on them, then apply lotion to the wound to prevent scarring. So what is our spiritual healing balm? Incidentally, it's the same as spiritual water, the word of God. And Psalm 107, verses 17 to 22, is proof of that. Some were fools to their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of the deeds and songs of joy. People caught up in sin were in a dire position, so God's word healed their physical and, more importantly, spiritual ailments. Their response is thanking God, offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving to him, and telling others of their joy through spiritual songs. Pain isn't pleasant, but it's necessary to develop behaviors that ensure our 
physical, and more importantly, spiritual survival. It's a blessing that we have a sense of touch to experience pain, and through learning about God, we develop a strong conscience to perceive and react to spiritual pain. So always remember, if you're feeling pain in your heart or mind, there's a good chance God is telling you something is wrong. And all you need to do is listen and obey his word to receive treatment. To conclude, I want to read the last verse of hymn 2.22, which you might know by the first line, When my love for God grows weak. It's a reflection on the suffering of Christ and our need to understand the pain that he went through and the pain that we must all go through when we feel our weak in our love for God. Then to life I turn again, learning all the worth of pain, learning all the might that lies in a full self-sacrifice. I appreciate you spending time with me again today. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends and your ecclesia. Don't forget to also subscribe to Pause to Consider on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Facebook and Instagram pages to not only receive updates, but you can also engage in discussion on the week's devotion. And if you have feedback, I'd love to hear it. I want to hear how I'm doing and I want to hear how I'm helping you. So if you have feedback, email me, pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. I genuinely hope this has been helpful for you today. And I pray that God blesses you until we meet again, whether it be next week's devotion or in God's kingdom. God bless.